the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message today is entitled Deliverance. That's deliverance, and you can find this message online at reachingyourheart.com. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call us at any time, 24-7. Here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko, with the first portion of Deliverance. Today's Reaching Your Heart. Father God, I want to thank You for Jesus Christ, our Savior. I want to thank You that in Christ there is life. In Christ there is an answer for every need of the heart. In Christ there is deliverance for the soul that has been beaten down. And Father, if it weren't for grace, there'd be no victory. But with grace there is victory. We thank You for Jesus. In His name. Amen. 75 miles on the cold and lonely sea can leave anyone with a feeling that they are lost. He was first spotted on a slab of ice on the Vistula River, 60 miles inside of Poland. He called out for help in his own kind of canine way, and the local fire unit tried their best to save him. Three days later, he was spotted at sea again. Drifting on a piece of ice in the Baltic Sea, he looked like a hopeless gnat in the middle of a disinterested universe. A fly that does not matter, a microbe without meaning, a mouse with no hole to hide in. There he was adrift on the ice in the sea. Cold and the wet. It's the worst way to die, especially for a dog. Not about you, but when it gets cold, my dog Avalanche starts howling in the cold. It's a miserable kind of sound. When a dog is sad, he is sad. And that dog's howl went up into the darkness of the night and into the day. And when he was spotted, Captain Jersey spotted the dog on the ice. Now, he was the captain of a scientific exploratory ship, and he diverted his course because he had pity on that dog. He heard the cry of the dog, and he wanted to save the dog. And the captain ordered the ship to change its course to save the critter. The rescue was hard because the dog kept falling off the ice into the sea. But they kept at it. They kept working with that dog. And as the dog splashed about in the water, it looked like the dog would drown. Finally, the crew lowered a pontoon into the water, and the ship mechanic went down on the pontoon, reached out and grabbed the dog by the neck. Now it hurts to be grabbed by the neck. I'm sure the dog howled a little bit. But they pulled him right out of the cold and the dog was rescued at sea. And he is now recovering on a ship that has claimed him as one of their very own. They named him Baltic after the cold sea that he was saved from. Now two people came forward saying, this is our dog. Thank you for saving our dog. And the dog looked at him and growled. The captain sent them home and kept the dog. Today, the dog sleeps on a blanket in the ship's laboratory, and he shares a piece of sausage with the crew. Today, the black and brown mongrel has claimed the mechanic who saved him as his master, and Baltic has become an official member of the crew that saved him from the sea. Deliverance. 
there's something about the word deliverance. Deliverance for Baltic is a warm blanket, a steady source of sausage, a friendly crew that loves him, and a strong mechanic who saved him from the sea. And the dog who was baptized into the sea has become a sailor on a boat that looks for the lost when no one else can. Deliverance. There's something sweet about deliverance. When you're in trouble and you're saved, deliverance is what you need. Baltic knows the meaning of deliverance. Dear heart, real deliverance is a home where you are wanted in a place that is warm and full of life. Real deliverance isn't liberation to go your own way. Real deliverance is the path that takes you home to God's way, to God's house, to God's fellowship. And so deliverance is a place of belonging. Edward Lewis Cole once said, God will lead you into deliverance where the means that delivers you will be those who would destroy you. I mean, God has a way in the Bible of taking the arrows of the enemy and turning them around and creating the future for God's people from the very things that would have kept them from having the future. When the pangs of hunger drove Joseph's brothers to the Negev, they were afraid of what would happen in the kingdom of unbelief. I mean, they didn't know what happened when they would go down to Egypt to get food. They knew they were hungry. They knew they had to do something. And when they went down there, the prime minister of Egypt went after them. He took their brother, and it was really complicated. But when the whole thing settled down, they were surprised to discover that the unjust prime minister was the brother Joseph who had been sold into Egypt through unjust means, mainly theirs. And Joseph said this to end the ordeal and the tension that was there. In Genesis 45, 7, he says, And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Dear heart, God does not just deliver. When God delivers His people, there is a great deliverance. It is a deliverance that cannot have been put together by human ingenuity. God's deliverance is magnificent. It is networked. It is the unseen and the seen coming together. And when you see it, you know it's God. God has a way of taking the bad and turning it into good. God is a God who redirects your mistakes into a path of providence for your future good. God is a God who takes your sin away. Now, if we didn't believe that, If we didn't believe that God takes our sin away, we might as well not come to church. If church is a place where people have it all together, then there's no reason to gather in church because Christ died for sinners. Christ died for people who are struggling with addictions. Christ died for people who are struggling with self-esteem. He died for people who know that they have failed Him and they need to know that in God there is a forgiveness, a deliverance over sin. Dear heart, God's deliverance is a great deliverance. It's not just an adequate deliverance. It is a great deliverance for the person who cannot deliver themselves. When God revealed His name at the Red Sea in the Exodus, the children of Israel sang the song of deliverance. You know, when you've been delivered, you can't just talk about it. You you say, well, I was delivered and I'm satisfied that God delivered me. That's not the way you do it. When you have been delivered and you know you've been delivered, it is time to sing. It is time to have a party. It's time to lift your hands to heaven and let your heart say, praise God for what God has done in my life. God is my deliverer. And so when the children of Israel came to the Red Sea, they knew God's name. Moses had told them, I am is my name. 
But when they came to the Red Sea and they saw those walls of water throughout the course of the night, the water wall up into these mountains on each side in a way that was dry through the sea and never in the history of the world had anything like that happened. He went all the way back to creation when the God of the universe, the Spirit of God, moved upon the face of the deep and the dry land appeared. And suddenly they were looking at Genesis all over again. And it was deliverance at Genesis. It was a new beginning for them. And they realized the God of creation is the God of their life. And at the Red Sea, they realized that God's name I am means I am the deliverer. And they sang this song in Exodus 15, 1. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God. And I will praise Him, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is His name. Dear heart, we don't worship a weak God. We don't worship an indecisive God. We worship a God who comes to us in our utter need and failure, and He comes to us with grace, which is a great deliverance. And so they sang the song, The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is His name. Pharaoh's chariots and His host He is cast in the sea, and His picked officers are sunk in the Red Sea. The floods cover them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, glorious in power, Thy right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord, Yahweh, is His name. No, when God delivers His people, He delivers them for His own name's sake. God's name is God's covenant. God's name is the guarantee of what God has promised. And God delivers His own people with His own right hand. That means God's deliverance is a personal kind of deliverance. He doesn't send someone else to deliver his people. He comes to deliver his people. When God delivers you, that means that God has visited you. And God's deliverance for you means that God is with you. And it means that I am is I am here. I am the deliverer. And they knew the name of the Lord in the Exodus. Just before the promised land, God promised his people that he would never leave them. He promised them that he would be there when they suffered injustice and oppression in the future, and at the right time, God Himself would deliver His people with His own right hand. Deuteronomy 32, verse 40. The Bible says, as God is speaking here, For I lift up my hand to heaven, swear, as I live forever. If I wet my glittering sword and my hand takes hold on judgment, I will take vengeance on my adversaries and will requite those who hate me. And the question arises, When will God deliver His people? I mean, throughout the ages, the question has been, how long? That question is asked in Daniel 8, 13 by angels. How long for the treading down of the sanctuary and the host? How long? And the answer here is given in verse 36. Deuteronomy 32, 36. For the Lord will vindicate His people and will have compassion on His servants. Here's the answer. When? Okay, you want to know when the Lord will intervene? when he sees that their power is gone and there is none remaining bond or free. That is when God delivers his people. You see, God doesn't deliver you in the middle of your struggle. God doesn't deliver you at the beginning of your struggle. 
God delivers you at the end of your struggle when you know you can't win. When you know your power is not good enough to pull you up. When you know that all that you are is inadequate to pull you out. That's when God comes to rescue His people. You know why He does that? Because it's so easy for us to think that we somehow were strong enough or good enough to make it happen. And God knows better. He knows that when He manifests His power, there will be no confusion that God is God and we must worship Him as the great Deliverer. Deliverance comes when your power is gone. All that's left is God. Deliverance comes when you fall to the ground and you can't get up unless God lifts you up. Deliverance comes when it's clear that you can't save yourself unless God saves you for Himself. You see, the person who is delivered in the Bible is the person who in humility knows they cannot save themselves. The person who thinks he is righteous, the person who puts his stake in his own improvements, the person who thinks his good efforts are good enough, that person cannot be delivered by God. God said He would vindicate His people when their power is gone and there is none to help bond or free. God comes to the weak. God comes to the beaten. God comes to the sick. God comes to those who need grace. And Christ is a physician for those kind of people, dear heart. That's the kind of person I am. I'm not some person who's arrived. Every day of my life, I am reminded by my own nature that I need a deliverer. What about you? I hear people get up every now and then. They talk about how perfect they're getting or are. And I don't feel that way. And I preach the gospel. I know every day of my life I need Jesus. I know that He is my deliverer. And I know that God's holy covenant is in Jesus. And I'd rather have Jesus than some notion of my own improvement. You know, Peter, when he came out of the boat and he jumped out of the boat and he swam as hard as he could, When he found Christ, he wrapped his arms around his feet and he said, depart from me. I am a sinful man, but he wouldn't let him go. He was holding on to his feet. Peter knew the secret of deliverance comes when you hang on to Jesus, even when you know deep inside that there's nothing good that would make him love you. You cling to his grace because of who he is, not because of who you are. And the prophet Daniel predicted that God would in fact vindicate His people. Prophet Daniel predicted the Christian church would suffer persecution and captivity like the people of Israel in the Old Testament. What they went through would happen after the death of Christ. It would happen in the New Testament era. In Daniel 11.33 it says, And those among the people who are wise shall make many understand, though they shall fall by sword, by flame, by captivity and plunder for some days. Now this verse is quoted in Revelation 13, verse 10, if I'm not mistaken. And it is directly an illusion that would happen during the Middle Ages when the Antichrist power would beat up the Christian church. Verse 34, he says, When they fall, they shall receive a little help, and many shall join themselves to them with flattery, and some of those who are wise shall fall to refine and to cleanse them and to make them white until the time of the end. So this is not at the end. This is not before the end. This has to be in the Middle Ages. For it is yet for the time appointed. So God's appointed time of hardship where the church was allowed to suffer great difficulty was in fact what we call the Middle Ages. And the Bible is clear in verse 34. It says, A little help will be given to them, which means a little power. 
during the Middle Ages as people would have a little power to resist the persecutions and the captivity of this massive church-state system that took the living flame of faith and forced into a broken box of orthodoxy, that took away the Bible from the common man and forced people to bow at the knees of bishops and others instead of coming to Christ and to receive forgiveness that is full and free. And at the end of the Middle Ages, the prophet Daniel says the power of God's people, the power of the holy people, would finally be broken And there would be a need for God to move again. For God to raise up something out of the ashes of the Middle Ages. To take the gospel to the world. And he predicted that this would be accomplished at the end of that time prophecy that brings us to the year 1798, which is the time of the end. When the world leaves the medieval world and moves into the modern era, the French Revolution being that great transition, that prophetic transition. Daniel 12, verse 7. The man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven. And I heard him swear by him who lives forever and ever that it would be for a time, two times, and a half a time. And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be accomplished. The angel told Daniel that the power of God's people would be shattered during the time, times, and dividing of times. And when the time prophecy would be over, they'd have no more power. There'd be a need for God to open up the book of Daniel for the words that had been given by angels to be carried again by angels. We know in the book of Revelation that four angels released at the great river would work with the unsealed book of Daniel to energize and strengthen the Christian church. And Daniel was told very clearly the power of the holy people will be broken at the time of the end. You know, a powerless church cannot take the gospel to the world, can it? A church that is no longer rooted in biblical truth cannot advance the cause of God. And so God must breathe upon the powerless and He must give them deliverance for the church to succeed. It's no accident that this angel raises his right hand to heaven And he swears by God that relief will come when the power of the holy people has been broken. You see, this angel in Daniel 12 repeats the promise given to Israel by Moses in Deuteronomy 32, 36. Let's look at it again. Let's start with verse 40. For I lift up my hand to heaven and swear as I live forever. That's happening in Daniel 12. Now look at verse 36 before. For the Lord will vindicate His people and have compassion on His servants when He sees that their power is gone and there is none remaining bond or free. Daniel is saying what God said would happen will happen. At the end of the medieval persecutions, the church would be on its knees. There would be no spiritual strength left in Christianity. God would have to act. God would have to revive. God would have to lift His church from the ashes of their suffering. In the book of Revelation, a time, times, and dividing of times is the time between the ascension of Jesus Christ and the mark of the beast at the end of time. It's the span of history, which is the difficult time in between. And it represents the Middle Ages when the church was pursued by the devil and the true church fled into the wilderness for this time, times, and half a time. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Revelation twelve thirteen. The Bible says, And when the dragon saw that he'd been thrown down to the earth. 
That means when Jesus booted him out of heaven at his ascension. We know that when Christ went up, the devil who had been there accusing the brethren before God day and night was thrown down. And when he was finally chained to this earth, unable to get access to heaven like he had in the book of Job, it says he pursued the woman who had borne the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle. Now Israel in the Old Testament, when he came out of Egypt, God says, see how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. And so the Christian church is carried into the wilderness of the New Testament era like Israel went into the wilderness in the Old Testament era. And the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time, times, and half a time. Revelation 12, 5, Jesus was caught up to God's throne at the ascension. And after the ascension, the dragon pursued the woman into the wilderness. Look at verse 5. And she brought forth a male child, that is the birth of Christ, who is to rule all nations with a rod of iron. We know that in Revelation 19. But her child was caught up to God and to His throne. That is the ascension we find in Acts 1. And the woman, God's church, fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Three and a half times, a time, times, and dividing of times. Here is called 1,260 days. Now in Bible prophecy, one day equals a year. 1,260 years. This is the time between the ascension of Christ and the final issues of the end, the persecution that is sandwiched in the middle. Over a thousand years, we find the church on the run. We find a persecuted Christianity. And we find at the end of this time period, the the prophet Daniel said, the power of the church would be fully broken. They wouldn't be able to go to the promised land themselves. They couldn't advance in truth unless God does something to intervene. The prophet Daniel predicted that the power of the true church in the Middle Ages We've broken at the end of this time, times, and dividing of times. You know, when you have no power, when the church has no power, that's when God delivers. That's when God manifests who He is. That's when God takes the weakest of the weak and He pours truth into them. And we know at the end of the 1260 years, He bypassed the great theologians of Tumenian and other universities. He bypassed the great thinkers of the Middle Ages and he came to farmers in the Americas and people who were studying their Bibles who were on their knees. And God gave Bible truth to those people, dear heart. It was when the power of the church was broken, he moved to the everyday common man to reveal Bible truth for the final generation. Daniel 12, 7, the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream, raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven. I heard him swear by him who lives forever and ever. It would be for a time, two times, and half a time. 1,260 years. And when the shattering of the power of the holy people, when God's church has been beaten up bad, when that time comes to an end, all these things will be accomplished. You know, Jesus said this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, then the end will come. He says the one who endures to the end will be saved. 
And in the very next breath, he says, when you see the desolating sacrilege spoken of by Daniel the prophet, let the reader understand. You see, this prophecy that predicted the victory of God's people after this Middle Age era of persecution, this prophecy points to the success of the gospel of Jesus Christ at the time of the end, when the book of Daniel would be unsealed. And so Daniel predicted the church would receive a little power during this time, times, and dividing of times. Look at Daniel 11.34 again. When they fall, they shall receive a little help. Unfortunately, we need to leave it there for the first portion of Deliverance. Please join us again the next time we're together for the conclusion of this broadcast, or you can listen to it online at reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening today. If this message is ministered to you, remember there are many more just like it at reachingyourheart.com. If you're a regular listener to this broadcast or if you've just tuned in for the first time and have been inspired by this sermon and you'd like to partner with us to help keep these radio broadcasts on the air, you can simply call us at 1-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE, day or night, 24-7. One of our team is available to assist you right now. We believe God is moving across the globe, touching lives and reaching hearts. And you are helping make this a reality with your gift of any amount. Spiritualism in a variety of forms is making its way through the Western world. The afterlife, the spirit world and spirit mediums can be found in movies, best-selling books and popular TV programs. These themes are making their way into our children's entertainment even. We have this free book to help you understand things a little bit better entitled Dark Tunnels or Bright Lights. This book candidly reveals biblical truth about this subject and pulls the curtain aside to reveal why there is so much interest in this topic. The book reveals the deceptions of spiritualism based on biblical teachings so that you can confidently discern truth from error as the topic continues to gain momentum across all levels of society. Now, this book is absolutely free. You can simply call us at 1-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE, day or night, 24-7. Thanks for tuning in, and we pray that God is reaching your heart and growing you up in Christ through these messages. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.